the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. All right, let me ask for a show of hands in the audience. How many of you knew that today is the National Collegiate Day of Prayer? Okay, well, there's one hand. Okay, here's the point. Today is the National Collegiate Day of Prayer, but most people, sadly and unfortunately, don't know that. And that's why I have a special guest on the line. His name is Daniel Lee. He is a student at The Ohio State University, and he is involved in the Collegiate Day of Prayer on the campus of Ohio State. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. It is my privilege to have you. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. I believe you're a sophomore. Yeah, uh, I'm a sophomore at OSU. Um, So it's my second year. I have been involved with um, prayer ministry um, since high school, I would say, maybe for the past four years. Um, Yeah. Okay, and where are you from, and what's your major? Um, I uh, was originally born in China, and I moved to Columbus, Ohio, when I was nine years old. Okay. My parents. Uh, my current major is respiratory therapy. Really? Yeah. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, our time is going to go very quickly. And again, thank you for taking time out of your day today. Uh, tell us yeah. what the uh, Collegiate Day of Prayer is about, and then get more specific about what's happening on the campus of Ohio State today. Yeah. So I guess starting with the history of the Collegiate Day of Prayer, it is a national movement that started in 1823. So this year is actually the 200th anniversary of just united um, prayer on college campuses. Um, I think it sparked a series of revivals when it first started in the 1800s, um, and it's just been a rich tradition where um, students get together on campus um, the last Thursday of every February to just pray for God's will to be done over their campus and over um, just over the, the students and the generation. Um, and that was just kind of a rallying cry um, for students here at OSU to come together. Um, I have met um, several um, students just passionate for revival and passionate to see God move um, on campus. Um, I have the privilege of kind of planning this event with them um, so basically, we're meeting uh, tonight um, at the Ohio Union. Uh, a lot of different campus ministries and a lot of different student representatives have been a part of a group chat that's um, planned this event as to the where, the when, the how. And it's really, really just student-led. And it's informal, and it's 
simple. We don't have a rigid structure. Mm-hmm. We just want to worship God and kind of behold Him in His beauty and just listen for His heart and kind of pray into His will for our campus. Now, are you hoping that it will remain to be students only, or are you hoping that people from the community would uh, join you tonight? Yeah, I already know a bunch of amazing people from the community, um, pastors, um, prayer leaders, um, just ministry leaders um, who are planning to come, um, and we would love for that, but we do um, as one of our values, want to keep it student-led. Sure, sure. All right, so it's tonight, Student Union. What time? Uh, 9 p.m. Okay. Uh, it will take place in a room on the second floor called the uh, Student Alumni Council Room. Now, I we have received a lot more um, attention than we originally anticipated. So there might be a chance it might overflow out into another room or even um, on a site close by off campus if too many people show up. Well, and that was going to be my next question. How what has happened down in Asbury has impacted what you believe and are trusting God to do tonight? How much of what has happened in Kentucky, do you believe, will impact what you folks will be seeking this evening? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, To start off, my friend Weston, um, with whom I planned this um, gathering, we had the opportunity to drive down to Asbury twice in the past two weeks. Um, And it was really amazing being there and seeing just how students were responding to the Lord. Um, and I think a lot of the, uh, um, how do I say this? The way in which this sort of informal little gathering has gotten out um, to the community, I think it's because of Asbury. Um, people are having uh, more expectation for what God will do. Um, <clears throat> but to be honest, we planned this gathering before Asbury was mm-hmm. a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I honestly don't think it changes our heart, our motivation for just what we're trying to do. We're just trying to host the presence of God. We're just trying to worship Him and to give Jesus the glory that He deserves. And if He wants to do something um, on our campus, that is great. But our primary motivation uh, just for this gathering is to just seek Jesus. I, I, I... I love what you just said, and I appreciate that very much. I really do. Um, now, this so you're a sophomore. Will this be your second year of involvement? Were you involved last year? Yeah. So um, this whole thing, it was kind of built off of the foundation of the um, prayer ministry I'm a part of. Um, so. It's called Faith, Hope, Love, House of Prayer, and it's existed since 2010, Mm -hmm. um, where it's been kind of an open um, public uh, prayer room for everyone in the city to come and worship and pray together in unity. Uh, And I have been involved with that the past four years. So kind of coming into OSU, uh, I was familiar with some of the campus ministries, but I really just stuck with, um, I guess, what 
um, Faith Hope Love House of Prayer has already been doing. Um, I recently registered um, Faith Hope Love as a student organization last year, um, but honestly, it's not anything new that I'm starting. Okay. Well, I knew our time would go very quickly, uh, Daniel. We're talking with Daniel mm-hmm. Lee, and we're talking about the Collegiate Day of Prayer happening on university and college campuses all across America. And uh, it's happening at Ohio State this evening in the Student Union. Uh, In about 30 seconds, Daniel, tell us how we can pray for you as you pray for revival tonight. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Um, I think I would appreciate prayer for just as students to be consecrated to the Lord. Um, I know the difficulties of doing life and doing school and doing relationships in a culture that is so, um, so pagan and so um, filled with darkness. Uh, Just pray for the students to just have a heart for obedience Mm-hmm. To be holy unto the Lord, uh, and especially for those of us who are leading, I would uh, appreciate prayer just for humility. Yeah. Well, just to it, know it's it, not about us. Amen, Daniel. Our university campuses have become so dark. Your term and I agree completely. So I'm thankful for some light that's going to shine. That is shining, but particularly tonight, Daniel Lee, and it is the Collegiate Day of Prayer. The meeting is going to be held at the Student Union tonight, 9 o'clock, at The Ohio State University. Daniel, I know you're busy. Thanks so much for uh, giving us some of your time. We'll pray that God will reveal himself in a very powerful way this evening. Thanks, Daniel. We'll be back. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. There are so many things I don't understand. I mean, many, so many things I I just don't get. I don't understand. Uh, And just one of them... uh, And this may be of no importance to you at all, and that's why I'll... Not going to spend much time on this. Uh, but we have a TV monitor here in the studio, and uh, often it's on Fox News. Sometimes it's not. We have it others up, you know, but uh, today it's on Fox News. Fox News right now is broadcasting live wire to wire extended coverage of the Alex Murdaugh murder trial in South Carolina. Why? Why? I don't... Honestly, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. Now, it's a terrible thing. His wife and son were killed. He's been accused of the murders. I don't know anything about the case, honestly. I have not followed it because I don't have any interest in it. Tragedies occur all around us all the time. Every night here in Columbus, 
shooting, 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 shooting here, 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 all over the country. Uh, Car wrecks, you know, train derailments. And why in the world does one trial, I guess, he was a prominent attorney in South Carolina. So, why... Why does that demand cover to cover live? They have suspended their news program. I've been it's been on ever since I came on the air. It's live. They've suspended all of their program programming on Fox News. Why? Uh I really get tired of the celebrity things. Every life is important. I don't know. And I'm going to move on because most of you are probably not interested. And I'm not interested because, anyway, I just, I don't get it. Why? A lot of things that Fox News does, I don't get. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, City of Seattle. Do you remember the riots that broke out all across America as a result of the George Floyd situation? We had them here in Columbus. Millions of dollars worth of damage here in Columbus. A whole bunch of people injured. Police were injured. Citizens were injured. Buildings defaced. The Capitol building was defaced. Remember that? But it wasn't anything compared to what happened in Portland, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, Baltimore, Boston, New York, and possibly the worst of all was in Seattle. Now, why Seattle? Because local authorities in Seattle actually encouraged it. The rioters actually blocked off a large portion of downtown Seattle. And you remember the CHOP? The CHOP? It was this whole section of downtown Seattle that was walled off. They they had their own government. They had their own police force. They declared themselves to be completely independent from the uh, state of Washington, from the city of Seattle, they put up big barricades. Uh, they uh, demanded that no police come in. Uh, people were killed. People were hurt. Dozens of businesses were destroyed. And you may remember the mayor of Seattle at the time said, they're just peaceful protesters. And what's going on is actually a beautiful thing. They're just... They're just protesting, and they're expressing themselves, and it's actually a beautiful, wonderful thing. Black Lives Matter was involved up to their eyeballs in it. Uh, The LGBTQ crowd got involved in it, and the city of Seattle told Seattle police, stay out. Don't go in. Well, you got people being killed. Well, they'll take care of it themselves. You got people being stabbed and injured. Well, they'll take care of it themselves. Do you remember that? 
Well, the businesses that were harmed because of the policies of the city of Seattle sued, and they won. Here is the headline from King 5 News in Seattle, Washington. City of Seattle will pay $3.6 million to residents and businesses to settle the CHOP lawsuit. Story. The City of Seattle will pay Capitol Hill residents and businesses $3.6 million to settle a lawsuit brought on over how the city handled the CHOP protest zone in 2020. Uh, And then it gets into plaintiff's statements and the city's statements and so forth. A statement from city attorney Ann Davison, representing the city of Seattle, said, I am pleased that we were able to resolve this matter and turn a page from a difficult period in the city's history. More than a dozen businesses, property owners, and residents sued the city of Seattle for damages. The lawsuit said, quote, city policies effectively authorize the actions of the CHOP participants. Now, let me state again, what happened on January 6th was a terrible thing. And finally, we may get to the truth about what actually happened on January 6th with all of the surveillance tapes now being released. But what happened there, as bad as it was, was nothing compared to what happened in cities all across America. And almost no one was prosecuted. And at least the city of Seattle has been forced to admit they caused it and they're going to pay. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.